0: some good news let's see where we're going with this all right so I want to begin I did this last year this particular one but I thought it's so good I want to do it again so we're going to do a new beginning by Henry Nouwen what a great way to get our minds and attitudes into shape uh, into the right direction facing the right way Um, we must learn to live each day each hour, yes, each minute, as a beginning, as a unique opportunity to make everything new. Imagine that we could live each moment as a moment pregnant with new life. Imagine that we could live each day as a day full of promises. Imagine that we could walk through the new year always listening to the voice saying to us, i have a gift for you and can't wait for you to see it imagine is it possible that our imagination can lead us to the truth of our lives well yes it can the problem is that we allow our past which becomes longer and longer each year to to say to us you know it all you've seen it all be realistic the future will just repeat be a repeat of the past or try to survive it as best you can. There are many cunning foxes jumping on our shoulders and whispering in our ears the the great lie, there's nothing new under the sun. Don't let yourself be fooled. Can you hear that negativity? When we listen to these foxes, they eventually prove themselves right. Our new year, our new day, our new hour becomes flat, boring, dull, and without anything new. So what are we to do? First, we must send the foxes back to where they belong, in their foxholes. And, when, and then we must open our minds and our hearts to the voice that resounds through the valleys and hills of our life saying, let me show you where I live among my people. My name is God with you, or Emmanuel. I will wipe all the tears from your eyes And there'll be no more death, no more mourning or sadness. The world of the past has gone. Revelation 21, two to five. (laughs) Remember, remember, you are held safe. You are loved. You are protected you are in communion with god and with those whom god has sent you what is of god will last it belongs to the eternal life choose it and it'll be yours <laughs> we need a new dawn of hope we need a new voice this last year of voices we've we've been sucked in we've been caught listening to the negativity uh, me included all of us have in many different ways and we meant well but i don't want 2022 to, to consume me any longer but if we can look back and see where the talons and the claws of negative messaging and voicing has found a grip in us hmm maybe we need to make some adjustments so it can't grip us anymore A dawn of hope, not fear. A new year is like a new morning, a new dawn. This coming year will be a dawn of hope. After all, Hope Fellowship is named Hope Fellowship. And it's not, uh, you know, first street corner church or anything like that. It's called Hope Fellowship. And its intent is to give hope, focus on hope. The hope of better things to come, a hope for a better future. The Jeremiah verse that we've talked about, it's about the hope of recognizing Christ has come and does live in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, I want this year to be a year of hope, and I'm choosing that. That is the choice I will make. I would like to encourage you to make as well. Yes, it's a choice. Perhaps our thinking patterns need a tune-up, a check-up, or a software update. (laughs) Let's explore how. We can each do, each do that and experience a better hope than we may have thought. And again, it's something better than what we may have thought. If we're not looking for it, if we're just going to let ourselves be sucked into the norm, if we're going to just go with the flow and allow ourselves to be dragged along, then we are totally going to miss out. We're going to totally miss out on intentionally looking for those gateways of grace, that are in front of us if we don't look for them we're not going to see them all the time it begins with one of the greatest reminders of our spiritual journey and this is the one i've been piping and chiming in for a long time and i will do this for the rest of my life and this is a reminder of our identity in christ it's about knowing who our source is our source the one in whom we live breathe and exist The one in whom gives us our life. There is one life. It is Jesus. So to begin 2022, I want to begin with a verse from three different translations to remind us. Galatians 2.20. Yep. Some of you probably guessed that. My old self has been crucified. Past tense with Christ it is no longer i who live as in on my own my little ego but christ lives in me my source so i live so i live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me that's one translation i love the passion translation (laughs) my old identity has been co-crucified with christ and no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the son of God who loved me so much That he gave himself for me dispensing his life into mine oh that's rich (laughs) i want to read that over and over and over again this 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 is a verse you can meditate on you want a uh, a verse to meditate on to inspire your month or year this is one of them this is really great but let's take a look at the first nations version it's it's again worded differently i love this my life is no longer my own for my life belongs to the chosen one who lives in me the life i now live in my weak human body i live by trusting in the faith Fullness of the son of the great spirit who loved me and gave up his life for me okay there's a bit of a wake-up call here where it says my life is no longer my own (laughs) so okay this is this is a, a cheeky covid response to a lot of the negativity going on and if you're part of that camp of where I could be poking some fun at, I'm really sorry, but you need to hear this too. It says, my life is no longer my own. This is talking about even our rights, okay? I think we may have forgotten as believers, especially if you've bought into the rhetoric of the media and such. And again, I'm, I'm trying to be careful here. But in all honesty, my my role is to encourage and equip you to do the work of love. And when some of our words and attitudes do not reflect the love of God, but rather reflects the selfishness and ego of our culture, the meism, the don't tell me what to do, your life's not your own. Never was. And a crisis like this can sometimes be a good thing. Not that I don't want to, you know, I want to be careful not to uh, uh, minimize the awful sacrifices and pains that have gone on over COVID. But I'm saying for when it comes to believers who lose sight of who their faith is in and who they got their faith from. And when we lose sight of the fact that I want my way and we don't think of the needs of others I'm sorry it's not Christ like it's it's your old ego which doesn't even exist anymore your old self is gone it's been crucified so now let's live from the crucified place let your attitude be that of others centered thinking not self centered thinking you know who you are and by the way I'm speaking to me too I got friends with differing opinions. It's a, and that's great. But when it comes to this verse, let's take a look at it again. My life is no longer my own. Maybe we need to s- stop and just think, what does that mean? What does that mean for me personally and in my choices? Each one of us, no matter what our attitudes are regarding temporary things Uh, this what i'm pointing at here this is permanent thing not temporary so don't let the temporary circumstances of our culture prevent you from being the permanent thing you are which is love and grace be that i don't want to rant on this anymore but it just kind of hit me as i'm reading this oh my goodness i just saw that so So Lori, my wife, gave me this article from uh, Pastor Mark. Uh, He's a pastor in Washington. He had an article in the Guidepost magazine. Now, I rarely do this, but I want to share with you somebody else's thoughts because I thought, hmm, they were worded quite well. And it ties into uh, kind of where I was hoping to go anyway. So this is about our spiritual well-being and balanced thinking and balanced life and i thought don't take it too far but take it to the place where if one thing you hear hits you great let it hit you Uh, don't overthink every single line here Um, even though all of them are great they really are um but here we go how are how are our daily habits connecting to our spiritual well-being Some of us may not realize that uh, our patterns that we've allowed to have happen in our daily lives, behavioral habits and patterns affect us spiritually and and psychologically and soulically. Everything boils down to habits and ugh, this is sad. It's true. Our lives are this jumble of habits, um, uh, conscious and subconscious, good and bad. Over time, those habits end up being who you become. Over time, it will. And this is true. Scripture talks about this too. You don't hear a lot of psychology in scripture, but it's sure there. When you hear psychology, suddenly you can say, hey, well, scripture talks about that too. Exactly. That's the point here. Our habits help us persevere through obstacles and stay focused on our God-given assignments. All right. I love these lines. Here we go. So he's got some uh, quippy, kind of cool phrases. So the first thing he he does, I think there's seven or eight of them. Uh, the first one it says it, he he writes this: "Flip the script, bury your past, and change your signature story." Now, flip the script means maybe let stop letting the script of the season determine how you're going to live or you've been handed a script your whole life or you've allowed a script given to you or done to you uh control you and maybe it's time to stop that maybe your story is has been i've been abused i've been uh i've been in financial difficulty i've been in health problems and that is your script And it's always your script. And every time you bump into somebody, that's your script. Maybe it's time to flip the script. There's more and better. Your circumstances are not who you are. But if that's all you see and all you focus on and live from, that's your script. Maybe this year, let's change it. Flip it. Create a new story, a better one, because there's a better one in you. Kiss the wave. there's one coming you're gonna laugh at it's the best one but anyway kiss the wave the obstacle is not the enemy but the way so when waves come it's not avoiding it maybe we gotta go through it maybe oh maybe I should get a surfboard I don't know I thought that was a cool line here it is the best one eat the frog now I think of the TV show Survivor when they uh you know you gotta eat the slugs and weirdest animals and all that all that gross stuff but eat the frog the one thing you like to do least is what you feel the best about afterwards so what is it that you're you know procrastinating that's the right word what is it that's uh is stopping you and and again for me this is a big one because i got i got a list of things that um i know i should do i'll get to it later i just don't feel like doing that yet or I gotta get myself into the into the mood and often when i do one or two of those things the hardest part is starting once i start setting, boom it's done it's like oh man why did it take so long to do that i feel so good to have that done so <laughs> eat the frog <laughs> i love the line anyway fly the kite what does that mean well i actually didn't understand that until lori explained it to me i guess she read more on into it and now i'm able to share with you fly the kite how you do anything is how you do everything so if you let's say you're uh you're cleaning a room and it's like okay good enough um it's okay if it's a little bit messy then you go over to your another place and that same attitude of um uh, not quite good enough to what you know it needs to be changed to um, that becomes the pattern and it shows up in everything it shows up in our calendar it shows up in how we are late for things i know many people are late for a lot of things that's a habit you've created that that's the message you're sending you're you, by being late for things is, is this just an example you're sending a message to everyone else that's there you're not as important uh, my world is clearly far more important now i'm not talking about the occasional late and there's real reasons why people are late i'm talking about the pattern do you know some family members they're always late i grew up in a household like that i totally did it was an awful thing you know my dad's honking the horn in the car or he's already gone into the house to get my mom because my mom was late and we honk the horn in the car come on you two and we're always consistently late and it it it, it sent a message and it i hate being late now (laughs) but how you fly the kite do you do work with quality maybe we need to do fewer things oops maybe we need to do fewer things and do them well i i got balls flying in the air as i juggle and uh, i i am intentionally removing some of those juggling balls out of my repertoire so that i can focus on fewer things and do them better because we're going to miss out on catching the attitude of those around us and i I have failed at this many times and i still do and even during covid you know working with a leadership team and um there are times i'm just maxed out bandwidth is frustrated i'm exhausted and my answers were short and came off harsh sometimes that's not who i am but I think it was heard that way, and I'm deeply sorry. I've done that to my family. You know, just tone. I was talking to Lori about this the other day. You know, I I got to find a different pattern so that I don't I don't bring the stress of life to a place where I love the people the most, my home. Again, this, this is not a therapy session. This is this is a lesson. Of how you fly the kite. There's one way you fly it. Well, that's how you do everything. And I want to do, I I really want to do better. Now, some grace folks will say, do better. It's not about what you do. Oh, stop it. (laughs) I understand the pendulum from being to doing, doing to being, and all the flipping back and forth. But there is much doing. I just do from the source of life. Not doing from ego or misconceptions there's much doing there's much to do (laughs) there's room for that cut the rope Ooh. take the right risks to chart a new course sometimes we need to change things completely maybe we need to cut the cord from something we've been tied to for a long time yep I've I've had the cord cut from me and had and it hurt but I look back now and I think wow I did not know how I was set free I've had to quit certain jobs part-time ones just just because I needed to be more free but that's the kite idea so maybe this next year where can we cut the rope wind the clock what's that well time is measured in minutes but life is measured in moments if all we're doing is filling time, then we're gonna lose out on moments and people. Again, I'm talking to myself here. This is I have no one else in mind but me when I see this. That's why that's why I'm resonating with this list. And if it doesn't resonate with you, I'm really sorry. I'll get to, to some normal stuff shortly. Seed the clouds. Sow today what you want to see tomorrow. <laughs> I remember uh, Gordon Martin, he's the, he's the Vision Ministries, the previous president, um, the tribe that our church is connected with. He has encouraged me to look at things differently in ministry, to focus on those things I'm already gifted at and good at, and that's really helped. It's helped cut some cords, it's helped me to change how I fly the kite um and i forget about it once in a while i just remembered it now as i as i see that because what influence do we want in the future how do we want to be remembered of all people i should know this i I do funerals all the time and i'm always encouraging folks hey life is short no one gets out alive well wait a minute what about me I, i i need to think of that too none of us have this figured out give these actions enough days in a row and they have the power to change your physical mental and spiritual health so let's go back real well I, let's not go back because it's you can rewind them much later but uh these are some pretty practical tips and they're i think they're they're wise take a look at peter the apostle peter walked on water he walked on water when his faith shifted from jesus to his own fueled by fear he sunk. That's right. Let's take a quick look at this. Matthew fourteen twenty-two to 33. As soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds dispersed, Jesus went up into the hills to pray. And as night fell, he was there praying alone. But the disciples, who were now in the middle of the lake, ran into trouble, for their boat was tossed about by the high winds and heavy seas. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them, walking on the waves. And when the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, Ah, a ghost! Then Jesus said, Be brave. Don't be afraid. I am here. And Peter shouted out, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. I'm thinking to myself, what are you thinking, Peter? That would not be my very first thought. (laughs) Come and join me, Jesus replied. So Peter stepped out onto the water and began to walk towards Jesus. Peter is walking on the water. But when he realized how high the waves were, He became frightened and started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried out. And Jesus immediately stretched out his hand, lifted him up and said, What little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? And the very moment they stepped into the boat, the raging wind ceased. Then all the disciples bowed down before him and worshiped Jesus. They said in adoration, You are truly the Son of God. <laughs> Can you imagine? like if if you were in a boat and you're all freaking out because you just you see a ghost walking on the water, like, okay, first of all, that's really freaky. And then Peter says, uh, if it's really you, tell me to come out and walk on the water. <laughs> I'm sorry. If, I cannot imagine that being my very first thought. It, anyway, that's what happened. So what do you do with that? Well, I have a hunch that there was a perspective change. And when he heard the voice of Jesus, okay, it, it spoke to the real him. It spoke to his soul, his spirit. And he responded. But in the walking, in walking it out, which is what you and I are doing in life, walking it out, we can be distracted by storms in life. We can be distracted by COVID, by opinions, by media, by politics by financial crisis we can be um, blindsided by health crisis you name it but Jesus was gracious to that as well we keep saying oh Peter was the one who had little faith yeah but he's the one who actually got out of the boat nobody else was getting out of the boat hold on he needs a little more credit here he was tr- practicing it out the other guys had zero their, their percentage was zero steps on water peter may have gotten 50 to 100 steps i don't know but that's a lot more than what was it what did wayne, wayne gretzky say that you will miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take <laughs> peter stepped on the water began to walk out his faith so what does this do for our mindset? I think there's a sense of self-centeredness versus other centered that needs to come into this narrative because it plays into how we live. None of us are smart enough to uh, be fully aware constantly all the time of the presence of Christ in us. And although we're getting better and better at it as we grow, we're never going to get it right hundred percent of the time. But if we're going to be self-centered, it's going to be us trying to focus on how can I live this life? Well, that's that's not the life we've been called to we've been called to an other centered life to keep our eyes focused on christ who will then tell us how to live things out i love the story of nehemiah he resolved to act when he heard something so here he is he's in another country his home country's in in trouble so in late autumn in the month of kislev In the 20th year of King Exerius' reign in 446 BC, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity, about how things were going in Jerusalem. And they said to me, things are not going well for those who returned to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And this does something to Nehemiah's heart. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. And then I said, I love this prayer. O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly, not by obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please, Remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. So Nehemiah prays back scripture to God. (laughs) Interesting. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh Lord, please, Hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by asking the king, uh, by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. Okay, there's there's a lot going on in this story. So Nehemiah, he's a cupbearer to the king. All right his family his nation his people are off in jerusalem the 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 place is in shatters it's awful and here we have Nehemiah praying so what's the point here see he's a cupbearer to the king he's he's got a great role great job great benefits lifelong salary pretty much government job right (laughs) so he's secure fine but he hears of his people having a hard time and he is no longer self-centered not that he was but maybe he was always other centered and he prayed for his people he saw the hurts, saw the pain saw the scarcity and the how do you want to use me oh god he had no idea what was going to happen all he was was willing he saw the needs of others that's the point he was living in other-centered generosity. So, yeah, and that, I won't get into the story anymore because um, there's more there. So there was a resolve. He decided to, he chose to, made a decision to then go to the king, which he did. And that story can be saved for another time. Joseph resolved also to believe and act. When he considered divorcing Mary... An angel came and spoke to him. It was when the angel spoke to him, he then decided to follow through and listen. He chose to. He he resolved to. I choose hope. Do you choose hope? Daniel resolved. Remember, this is is a story of when Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were taken from Jerusalem and were taken to Babylon, which is where... um, um Nehemiah was he was in that in that region he he was in that region where his family was taken from where David Daniel Shadrach Meshach and Abednego were taken from and yet they all agreed on their way to Babylon we will not eat of the king's stuff we're we're gonna listen to the faith of our fathers and they were determined they were purposed they made up their mind Daniel resolved if you're going to make a resolution then resolve to follow through as best you can and trust your resolution to god and say god here's my heart is saying can you work this out is this fueled or seeded by you is this resolution inspired by you then can you make it happen i i, I have a hunch that maybe if we prayed more like that we would see a greater result of hope encouragement (laughs) I'm gonna share a video with you that I think you're gonna love it's a reminder of looking for hope reasons to hope and not fear
1: it's a new year filled with new unknowns we're coming off yet another season of uncertainty a year if we're honest filled lots of us with fear We've allowed our eyes to drift and wander. So God, as we head into this year, fill our eyes with wonder. May we focus on the things that you care about, not on our shoelaces. Remind us of Hebrews 13:6. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So with Jesus interceding for us, what can come against us? When his joy comes new every morning, what is left for sadness to claim? If nothing can separate us from your love, then what room does hatred have to take hold? When you make known to us the path of life, how can we ever lose our way? If you uphold us with your righteous right hand, how can we be afraid of falling? God, we commit to lay our plans at your feet once again, for you know the plans you have for us. So as we go into this new year, we will focus on you, God, because what can man, or our careers, our schools, our families, our thoughts, our doubts, our fears, our insecurities, what can any of these things do to us? Nothing, because our trust, our faith, and our hope are in you, God.
0: Let's focus our eyes on Ephesians 3. It says, May you be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. This is how we look at the new year. When we trust and live out of the faith of the Son of God, we don't need to be afraid. Things, things can go crazy when we try to manage it all on our own, let our ego try to control everything, and then it'll backfire, it'll affect you. But there's a different way to live with a sense of peace, knowing Christ is our life and is with us through every step. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and your grace, your kindness. I pray that this year you'll nudge us and remind us more often of your presence so that we can take our eyes off of our circumstances so that we become the voice of love and positive influence, influencing light rather than negativity and complaining. Help us to switch the narrative. Help us to learn how to fly our kite differently. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Amen.